Welcome back to Local News Live. I'm Brian Pierce. That's Tyler Jones. Tyler, busy week in the sports world. We're in that time of the year when a lot of sports start to cross over. Always plenty to talk about. Certainly so, Ryan, and we're getting towards the month of October, which some may argue is the best month of the entire year in the sports world as we're right in the heart of NFL and college football, the MLB postseason, the NBA and NHL get started up. So much going on in the month of October, and we begin the month of October in just a couple of days, so we want to take some time to look at the top storylines this week in the sports world and there's so much going on we had to narrow it down to five things so let's go ahead and get started right off the top with number five on our list of the top sports headlines of the week and that begins with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they signed uh, stars Josh Gordon and Richard Sherman now Josh Gordon if you remember he is a former all-pro he's had a really good career but dealt with some drug problems off the field, which has forced him to be suspended uh, on multiple occasions. And now the NFL has reinstated him again. He could play as early as this week. And this Kansas City Chiefs team, Ryan, who many people had high expectations for entering the 2021 season, have found themselves in a hole at one and two to begin the year. And one of the things you point to is when you look at that receiving core, with no Sammy Watkins there anymore, there's no one to take the pressure off of Tyreek Hill. Teams for years have basically had to pick their poison, whether it was double-teaming Tyreek Hill or double-teaming Travis Kelsey. And typically, if you double-teamed Tyreek Hill, you were going to get beat by Sammy Watkins in the process. Well, Sammy Watkins now plays for the Baltimore Ravens. So with that being said... They haven't had a number two receiver really step up. So they're hoping that Josh Gordon, although he starts on the practice squad, that he could eventually move up and be that number two or number three guy. Meanwhile, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is a team that is coming off a Super Bowl win. Their defense was phenomenal at the end of 2020. Remember, they brought back all 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl champion team, but... They've dealt with some injuries, in particular in that secondary. And so, what do you know? They go to the well trying to find some help. Richard Sherman, who had a very good 2020, even though he didn't get signed by anybody in the offseason. Yes, he's towards the latter part of his career, but you have to think he's still got some good football left in him at this point in his career. I expect Richard Sherman to be a very good uh, addition to this Tampa Bay Bucks team. Ryan, I like the signing of both these guys for their respective organizations. And it goes to show what star talent can do when it comes to recruiting. Patrick Mahomes bringing in Josh Gordon. Elite players want to play with elite players. Tom Brady was the one that actually convinced Richard Sherman to join the Bucs despite being a defensive player. So the rich get richer uh, should be expected. And we knew these teams when they showed any sign of weakness, they weren't going to settle. They were going to do what they can to get better. Yeah, two teams that were favored to get back to the Super Bowl. Of course, they played each other last year. Tyler, this is kind of like when you own a nice big house and there's a draft in the winter. There's some sort of crack maybe under a door or in a window, wherever it may be, and you find out where that is and you seal it up. 
That's what the Bucks and the Chiefs are doing. They're sealing up those cracks when things have gotten cold. They can see where the draft is coming in, where the air is leaking out for Kansas City. You mentioned it. They need another weapon on the offense for the Bucks. They're giving up too much defensively in the passing game. They go out and get some veterans. Different players, though. Sherman is proven. Gordon, we know there's talent, but it comes with a lot of baggage. We'll see how these play out. To me, I feel like Sherman's a safer bet, but I think the Chiefs are closer to getting back to the Super Bowl than the Bucs might be. Maybe so. And the Bucs showed a lot of weakness against the Rams on Sunday. A lot of problems were exposed, in particular that secondary. And I got to say, you have to appreciate that both these teams are willing to be aggressive, take action, that recognize that they have flaws, that they aren't perfect, that they aren't what they were a year ago, and they're doing what they can to fix it and put the Band-Aids on right now. I like the move for both these teams to bring in the guys that they did. Some folks are saying the Chiefs are showing desperation bringing in Josh Gordon. I think the opposite here. Yeah. He's the best option out there, and if it doesn't work, you cut him and you move on, and you're back to where you were before. So I like both these additions for both these teams at this point going forward. Let's go ahead and go to number four on our countdown. We head to the NBA as training camps are underway, and you're seeing teams do media days and such, and one of the big topics is vaccine hesitancy. Now, about everybody in the NBA, except the players, are required to get a COVID-19 vaccine. But there's a big but involved here. If you play for a New York franchise, whether that's the Knicks or the Nets, or the Golden State Warriors out in San Francisco. Each of those individual cities have a vaccine mandate that applies to sporting events, and there is not a religious exemption. And that includes the athletes that play home games there. Now, the only exception is it doesn't apply to road teams, but it does apply to the home teams. The NBA has said they are not going to fight it that they are going to abide by these local mandates. So now you have guys like Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, just to name a few that play for some of these franchises, such as the Nets or the Warriors and uh, whatnot. And so now they're stuck in a position, okay, are the teams going to trade them? Are they not going to play in home games? Are they going to sit out all together? And the season starts in just a couple yeah. weeks here. So. Talk about a tough predicament. No matter where you fall in the vaccine debate or anything like that, these teams who have high expectations. Remember, the Warriors are so excited about having Clay Thompson back for the first time in a couple of years. This is the best the Warriors been in a while. They don't want Andrew Wiggins to be standing in the way of that. How about the Nets? Remember, they were all banged up last year, despite all the talent they brought in with James Harden and Blake Griffin and all those other guys. Well... If Kyrie Irving's only going to play in road games, they're not winning an NBA championship. That's not happening. So how about that? Of all things, to get in the way of an NBA title for some pretty decent teams, it could be not getting the vaccine. Tyler, you players have a choice in front of them. Do they want to cost their team a chance at a championship by making a decision for themselves? Tyler, you brought up really the two names that are making headlines and probably the two names that are worthwhile even noting in this situation because most NBA players are behind getting vaccines. 
And they're two very different cases. Andrew Wiggins is a role player, not former number one overall pick. He's good. Still a role player in Golden State, a team that looks like they're a fringe championship contender with their aging veterans and a couple injuries. He's very different than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the point guard, a star ball handler on the NBA champion favorites. If he doesn't play in home games this year, they are not going to get a good, well, at least great seed in the playoffs. And if he doesn't play in the playoffs, they're not getting to the championship. This is a serious story in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, a self-described flat earther, a guy who donates a lot to charity, is always hospitable to interviews, but does have some beliefs that go against the grain. And it could come back, in fact, it feels like it will come back to seriously impact his team. I would honestly be shocked if at least Kyrie Irving plays this out because there's so much at stake here. If he does, it'd be a massive hit to Brooklyn and possibly cripple the championship aspirations they have. Right, and you look at it, if they're not willing to get vaccinated, I don't think you have a choice but to trade these guys. Simple as that. Even yeah. Kyrie Irving, who is arguably a top 10 player in this league, if you're the Nets, you cannot risk a chance at a championship with the limited window you have. Remember, Kevin Durant isn't too far removed from an Achilles injury that we wondered if he would ever play in the NBA ever again. And James Harden, who is probably beginning the downward spiral of his prime career. You cannot waste your prime years on your star players. If Kyrie isn't committed, you got to move on. you got to find another option elsewhere. And the other thing is, based on these rules that are in place, Kyrie Irving can still play for another team that's not in New York or San Francisco and sure. still play every game this year. Yeah. Same for Andrew Wiggins of Golden State. So it's not like these guys can't play anywhere, but that might be what it comes down to is that for these teams to save their seasons, if these guys aren't going to cooperate under these local mandates, I don't think they have an option but to go ahead and move on and find other options elsewhere. Yeah, there's plenty of teams I think that'd be willing to do it. Now, we're still in September. I think a lot of people still have baseball in the brain. Yes, they certainly do. And we are coming towards the end of the regular season this week as the hunt for October is nearing the end, the race to the MLB playoffs. Let's look at the American League. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are in. The Chicago White Sox, they are in. Both those teams have won their divisions at this point in time. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros with an impressive record, 92-65, and 65, have not technically clinched just yet. They are very close, though. And then you look at the wild card. The Yankees have the top spot at 90-67, and 67, followed by the Red Sox, who are 88-69. and 69. Then there's Seattle at 88-70, and 70, Toronto at 87-70, and 70, Oakland at 85-73. and 73. Don't think for a second that this is all settled and decided in the American League. With just a few days left, this could all flip, and we could see some big changes yeah. of who ultimately ends up in those two wildcard spots. And if you recall, we've done this since 2013, that the wildcard games, it's one and done. The two wildcard teams compete to see who gets to be a part of the division series. It's basically a play-in game 
of sorts. So you're playing to get in the tournament, essentially, if you get one of those two spots. So looking at the American League, I think the Yankees and the Red Sox at those two spots are better than the teams behind them. But, I mean, who's, who knows what's going to happen? It, it's hard to predict of uh, what's going to fall in line these next couple days. I mean, you're going to have to have your best pitchers, everything ready to go. This is far from over with just a few days left. Yeah, it's stunning. The Mariners have made this push in the end. I think everybody thought Oakland might be the team that was pressuring those American uh, League East squads. The Mariners, 9-1 over their past 10 games. Seattle, been a quiet, really good baseball club this season. I still think people expect the Yankees and Red Sox to make it. If they would fall, though, the Blue Jays are a very talented young team with a ton of offensive firepower. Yeah, Vlad Jr. has been yeah, great. Absolutely. Seattle has not made the postseason since 2001. Wow. It has been a minute. That yep. year, they broke the MLB wins record and were eliminated in the division series by the New York Yankees. So... It has been a long time, 20 years since the Mariners have been involved. We'll see if they can come up with a late push here these last couple days. Meanwhile, in the National League, we know the, the uh, San Francisco Giants are in. The Milwaukee Brewers are in. Both those teams have clinched their divisions at this point. Well, actually, uh, the, the uh, Giants have clinched a, a berth. They haven't clinched the division yet. The Dodgers are behind the Giants by about two games. And the, and the Dodgers have a wild-card spot right yeah. now. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, who have been the hottest team in baseball, winning 17 in a row entering tonight, hold the second wild-card spot. And with their position, they're a good six games up on Cincinnati. It looks pretty clear at this point that these are going to be your playoff teams. The only thing that's really up in the air is what happens in that uh, National League Central at yeah. this point with Atlanta at 84 and 72. Can Philadelphia catch them at three games back? That's really the only thing that's on the line here at this point on the National League side of things going into these final days. That would be stunning if the Phillies can catch the Braves. Uh, both teams have been playing well recently. Here is maybe the big storyline. If you are the Cardinals, 17 straight wins. It's incredible. Um, they're having issues tonight, but we'll wait and see if that holds up. They're either going to play the Dodgers or Giants in that playing game. You want, if you're the Cardinals, the Giants to fall down. And here's why. Because the Dodgers, assuming they can keep their rotation the way it is, they're going to have their ace, Max Scherzer, on the mound in that playing game. One of the best pitchers of our time. Maybe the best. If you're the Cardinals, you're going to have Jack Flaherty, very good in his own right. Yes. You do not want to face Max Scherzer in that playing game. That would be a horrid scenario for a team that will end up winning a, probably about 20, 25 games over the past 35 games of the regular season. Well, and, and heading into this postseason, I would say this for the viewer at home, don't read too much into who is the division winners and who is the wild card teams. Yes. The Cardinals are as hot as any team in baseball right now and very well could carry that momentum into the postseason despite being the last wild card team in. The Dodgers also looking like a wild-card team right now, are more talented than any team in baseball. When the Dodgers are at their best, they're better than anybody. So don't get too caught up in the seedings of sorts. These wild-card teams, you get that one and done and move on, it's a whole new ball game. They could very well still win this title. So 
an exciting couple days ahead as we get ready for the MLB playoffs, which begin coming up next week. Let's go ahead and get to the next item on our countdown. Number two, we'll go to college football. Big week in the SEC, in the Southeastern Conference, with two top 12 showdowns in the SEC. One of those you can see on your screen, number one Alabama taking on number 12 Ole Miss. Nick Saban taking on his former assistant coach, Lane Kiffin. And Nick Saban has never lost a game to one of his former assistant coaches. Now, Lane Kiffin's done a great job at Ole Miss. Just his second year, they're undefeated. They're a top 12 team doing really well. But Alabama is still Alabama. We've seen some really good play out of their young star quarterback, Bryce Young. Maybe they're not complete like they've been the last couple years. They're still trying to figure themselves out, but they're still Alabama. They're still pretty dang good. Heavy favorites against Ole Miss, despite this being a top-12 matchup. Alabama's favored by about 14-and-a-half at home. Also in the SEC, number two, Georgia, taking on number eight, Arkansas. Arkansas has been the biggest surprise of the year in college football. This team, just three years ago, only won two games. Now... This Arkansas team finds themselves in the top eight. They have some quality wins. They beat Texas. They beat Texas A&M. They have as good of a resume as anybody in the country. But now they run into a buzzsaw in this Georgia team. JT Daniels expected to be able to play, expected to be good to go at that quarterback spot. They put up 35 points in the first quarter alone against Vandy last week. Georgia is great on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensively. And it's worth noting, Georgia is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite against this Arkansas team. And so while the rankings in the AP poll say that Alabama's the number one team and Georgia's the number two team, according to Vegas, despite Georgia playing a team that is higher ranked, they are a heavier favorite at home than what Alabama is against Ole Miss. So something to watch beyond just this week is Georgia better than Alabama as Vegas thinks? Or is Alabama better than Georgia like the pollsters think? And we won't get a potential Alabama-Georgia matchup until the SEC championship. But two really good games coming up on Saturday. I'm looking forward to watching them both. I know the odds show that Alabama and Georgia are both heavy favorites, but these are still two top 12 matchups. I'm excited to see both of them. And I wouldn't be shocked if Arkansas or Ole Miss find a way to pull off an upset in one of those games, I would give Arkansas a more likely chance to do so in uh, between the two. The college football playoffs don't start for a couple of months. They involve four teams, the top four teams in the country. We're kind of at the pseudo playoffs right now. We're seeing two top 12 teams play each other. The loser of these games takes a big hit. Maybe this is where they start to drop off and they don't make the playoffs in the end. We are kind of at that win or don't get to compete for a national championship phase. There's some exceptions here. But we're getting to that point. This has a playoff feel to it this yes. weekend with those two top 12 showdowns in the SEC. We've reached that point in the year where things get really fun. Yeah, it should be a good one. Looking forward to both these games, which will be uh, coming up on Saturday, uh, starting with Georgia and Arkansas, and then later on, You'll have uh, Ole Miss and Alabama, both those games in the SEC, Georgia and Alabama at home in those two matchups. Last one on our countdown. Let's head to the National Football League. Tom Brady is making his much-anticipated return 
to New England, where he will be facing Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And this is a hot ticket, one of the most expensive tickets in the country for all of sports. New England fans, their chance to say goodbye to Tom Brady. Probably the only time he will play at Gillette Stadium the rest of his career. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady didn't have a great ending of sorts. Reports came out this week that Belichick and Brady were trying to get together for a goodbye of some sorts, that Brady reached out, gave the olive branch of sorts. He wanted to meet in person. Belichick said, no, nah, I don't have time for you. They broke up over a phone call. And for the last several months, we were debating for a long time, who won the divorce? Was it Tom Brady? Was it Bill Belichick? Well, we got that answer when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl and Tom Brady was having a good time with Gronk and company there in uh, Tampa Bay. It was an Irish goodbye, I think is what they call it. Yes. Bill Belichick wanted the Irish goodbye. No goodbye, let's just part ways. Right. And so now you have a Patriots team that is in the middle of rebuild mode. Would you want to be Mac Jones this week? I don't think so. Mac Jones is got quite the item ahead of him, the tall task, to not only go up against this Bucks team, but a motivated Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when he's got a chip on his shoulder, it's like what Michael Jordan was in the 90s, that last dance type vibe. We've seen when Brady gets chippy, he's not afraid to get in guys' faces and such. I think you're going to see that Tom Brady. This is the most important regular season game of the year for Tom Brady. This is all about Tom. This is about sticking it to Bill Belichick. It's about inspiring the fans of New England that will still be rooting him on. It's going to be a night to remember for Tom Brady. Bill Belichick, I don't think he really cares, to be honest, about this one. I think that he's aware that this Patriots team is a long ways from being competitive with Tampa Bay. They are not close to Tampa Bay's level. But for Tom Brady to go out there to New England one last time, I think he's going to deliver quite the show. Tyler, I don't think there's ever been a time where this many fans bought this expensive of a ticket expecting to lose. I think most of the <laughs> Patriots fans know what's about to happen. This yeah. is a massive mismatch, and not just a mismatch. Uh, the quarterback, the driver of the opposing teams, maybe their best player, <laughs> is angry and motivated. And your team is trying to figure out what's happening with a rookie quarterback. This is going to probably be a blowout in Foxborough. And the Patriots fans know it. They just want one more moment of nostalgia to be in the presence of of the guy who completely revamped that franchise and turned around the NFL and Tom Brady. They're going to pay a lot of money for these tickets. And they're going to pay for a loss. This looks like a blowout. You're going to see a lot of Buccaneers jerseys. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of those half jerseys that have Brady with the New England on one side and Tampa on another. It's going to be a weird environment for Belichick and the Patriots that there's going to be a lot of people rooting against them in their own stadium. They will. But... This is a chance to say goodbye, to wish the best to Tom Brady, to give him that celebration. This is not going to be like a Philadelphia situation of some sorts. No. He is still beloved in New England and is Mr. New England. Tom Brady will go out with 
quite the standing ovation and applause. I think the scene itself here, though, Tom, uh, on this, Ryan, the scene that we're looking at pregame and the events leading up to it is going to be bigger than the game itself. I think this the, the game itself is going to leave a lot it will. to be desired here. Mac Jones, I don't expect to play well. I think Tom Brady is going to play great. This game's probably decided by halftime. I want to ask over under for you five minute standing ovation Tom Brady pregame right after they have that whatever video they have planned that montage for him five minute standing ovation over or under what do you five's think? a little much I'll say under you think it's much okay but you better believe they'll be It'll excited be yeah good point what a week huh a lot happening. That is the top sports headlines of the week here on Local News Live. Tell, I think you got them pretty well. And that Brady versus Belichick is probably how it's being billed. The Buccaneers versus Patriots is definitely the game to watch. When is that game you mentioned it? That Remember? is Sunday night. That's the Sunday night game. Sunday night football. Okay. You'll see it on many gray stations across you this will. great country, across this great land. And, man, it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Good stuff. Tyler Jones, I'm Ryan Pierce. That's your sports headline.